Ethical disclaimer. While Diana and I are psychologists, we aren't your psychologists. Reverse psychology is not a replacement for therapy. If you're interested in speaking with a therapist, please check out some of the links in our episode description. Now, oh my God, sure. that was clean, an ordeal. This is the clean one, virus-free yeah. mic. Oh, yeah. You've been, you've been talking to the wrong microphone. Oh, this whole night. time, my whole life. Welcome back. Hello. How are we? We're great. How are we? We are we. I missed you. Okay. What are we up to? We are going to go. <laughs> we are up to an episode. We're going to go back to last week's episode because okay. you and I and Daka Man, sh- we talked for a long time. Yeah. And Amanda. there is such good self-disclosure and great bits and shenanigans that we decided, oh, let's just not, let's not cut everything. Let's just have a, t- a twofer. Yeah, two-parter. And so we're we're going to bounce back into what we talked about last week. That sounds great. Do you remember what we talked about last week? Yes, we talked about friendships. Yeah. And now we're going to we're going to jump back in to part 2 of a very touching conversation about friendships. Touchy or touching? Uh, I think it comes across in the audio. Okay. <laughs> okay, I love you. Love you. Bye. <laughs> But even so, because we often think about like kids becoming friends who are like in the same class or like wearing the same shirt. Yeah, wearing the same shirt, whatever. Like it's similar as adults. It's not it's not that dissimilar, which yeah. is interesting. You're uh, also wearing a tie. Cool. We're friends. You're also as um, as adults and as well, more so as adults, you're likely to be friends with people who look similar to you in terms of race and ethnicity, in terms of like dress style, age, age, age. all that kind of stuff as well yeah but i wanted to kind of expand with you amanda because because you have a lot of 12 year old friends <laughs> and so how did that happen that's <laughs> why so i'm in florida now. yeah the rules here are a little bit loosey-goosey they are um one of the big determining factors in making friends as an adult is extroversion mm. and uh, i was i think Leroy's about to start his yeah track. he's gonna start his track it's gonna be loud and jarring he does this at least once a day. Our neighbor Leroy has a truck that needs to be started once every 24 hours or it'll break, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. And I think part of making sure the truck work is him playing old R&B music as loud <laughs> as possible. Okay. And well, revving the engine. And just revving the engine to red line. <laughs> Sometimes he drives it around the block too. Yeah. Okay. I love Leroy. I love the name Leroy. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a great guy. So Uncle Leroy. Oh. That's great. Mm-hmm. Is Midwest. He, is he an overweight black guy? Because I think that is our neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so, do, oh, and the, yeah. Okay. So in terms of you and your extroversion, I mean, I think you're incredibly extroverted. Would you agree? Is that how you would describe yourself? I'm an extroverted introvert. And I know that's mm-hmm. probably a cop out, but that's what I truly believe because mm-hmm. I am very extroverted, especially in particular situations where it's among friends. It's not 100% pre- professional, which I can also be a little bit extroverted there, but it takes a lot of energy out of me that I also need days where I just do nothing. And um, my roommate and I sit on my couch. My roommate is tippy. Your cat? <laughs> yeah. oh. Not your parents. <laughs> no. Well, they all they, they were for 18 years during my carny phase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your roommate's were put very up with supportive. Yeah, that's good. They were very proud of their carny daughter. Aww. Aww. Yeah. 
Yeah. So people who are extroverted tend to make more friends and keep more friends, mm-hmm. actually, which makes sense because it, like you were saying before, you have to exert a lot of energy mm-hmm. to keep friendships. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of effort. Yeah. It's a lot of effort. Right. So. Yeah. So do you want me to go on with my friendship stuff, Dr. Mike, or do you want to interject? I have a couple cool things about friendship that okay. we can kind of add to. I don't know if we're going to talk about this a whole lot, but one of my favorite like long research projects that came out with like a lot of small research is the Robbers Cave study. Have you guys ever heard about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it like us versus them? Yes. Yeah, so, oh, I don't know if we've I ever talked about this, but it's like a pretty unethical study because these two researchers who are married—that's not the unethical part. <laughs> <laughs> they got a grant and bought a camp. And they were like, we're just going to do studies here, which is like a pretty cool thing to do. So as kids went to the camp, the parents were unaware that this is like one giant experiment. And so they were really interested in like, how do we make these kids hate each other? And then how do we make these kids become close and friends with each other again? And so the the first phase, which is like hilarious, was just like, how, how do we make them not like each other? So they like artificially split them up. And then they like would prompt the camp counselors to make up lies about the other group. So it's like, if you're in like the jet camp you're like oh those the socias they're they smell bad <laughs> and then the, but 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 they, they would finally these Isn't kids the would like versus the sharks yes all of it? Okay. and so they would finally these kids like pretty quickly would like start to hate the other group and it would then like really get intense and like go vandalize and steal stuff and stuff like that but then they're like oh we need to find ways to make them friends again sounds like my sorority days <laughs> kind of yeah oh man that is we, that is something that we need to own. unpack later yes 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 oh yes. i was ready to talk about it. <laughs> it's probably gonna come up <laughs> yep. so but the, the the thing i love is that they they were trying to find ways to have these people become closer again and so one thing they found was that a shared common goal is like the big thing that like you will like become like closer friends with and so they put all these kids on a bus and drove them into the woods and then just pretended the bus broke down and then the leader like the counselor's like i'm gonna go get help you stay here and just like left all these kids alone with an abandoned bus in the woods and then they found that the kids like they worked together to like get the bus the bus working again it's a very it was done a long time ago one thing the reason i like talking about this though is that they did this over a few different years and then they had to stop because the intensity of the first phase got so much that the kids had like a riot and then the parents had to come and take the kids home because basically the kids like they took over the camp and these, it worked too well it worked too well and the we researchers su- were like we fucked up yeah. we need a movie about this I, yeah. I, know. I know i'm surprised there's not we should make one yeah ernest Our- goes to camp two <laughs> robber's cave i would watch the hell out of that movie yeah that is interesting to think about like how groups become opposed to each other and then how you can reintegrate yeah. those kinds of things. I was not in a sorority, so... Uh, me neither. But I definitely felt like... This is interesting for me, I guess, to reflect on it. Um, I definitely felt like my friends... Diving deep with yeah. Diana. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. I definitely felt like my friends that were in sororities, I wasn't... Or my friends who went into sororities, I felt like I couldn't really be close to them anymore because mm-hmm. they were part of such a tight-knit social group. Mm-hmm. High I mean, not that I couldn't be friends with them, but it, the friendship changed dramatically mm. after they joined sorority. So it was like, okay, you're part of that now. Mm. Like, Do you think that was them or you? Them. Uh, but probably both. Okay. But them, I mean, your social network changes so much, I think, when you're in a mm. sorority. Like, in terms of who you spend time with and, like, it's harder, I think, for th- it was harder for them to carve out time okay, for me yeah. apart from their sorority stuff. My 
personal experience pushes back on that idea a little bit. And so I didn't join a sorority until my sophomore year. And I was already like my first year. Let me back up a little bit. Talking about friends. My first year of college living in the dorm, I lived with my best friend, Gwen. Hey, Gwen. She's a doctor too. A real one. Like a medical doctor. Yeah. This rash going on. Yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned to the end of the episode. We're going to describe it, and then Gwen gonna, can write in. Let's FaceTime Dr. Gwen. So we went to college together, but Gwen, who is also very social, like has a lot of friends, all of that. We realized, even though we're very similar in many uh, traits, we were very different in that she was okay with not knowing a lot of other people, where I kind of got depressed because I was used to in high school knowing a lot of people having a lot of, you know, tier one, tier two, tier three acquaintances. Mm. There was just a comfort that I was missing in college, walking around campus and not seeing familiar faces. And then I joined a sorority, I think, because I was missing that, but I was also missing a lot of volunteer opportunities. I felt like, um, especially on the campus that I went to, it was very, it was very panelitic. There were a lot of it, it, sororities and fraternities, but I also knew some other people that were already in sororities as well. So I joined, but I never lived in the house. I lived with people who weren't in sororities or yeah. mm. who were in different sororities, and I felt that kept me, you know, I, I love for the majority, the majority of the people in my sorority, there was always those, you know, some girls that were like the stereotypical, but it kept to me very balanced that that wasn't my core social experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got out of the sorority again, what I put into it. And I was of course like chair of like philanthropy and all of that stuff, but it wasn't everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and I, when I'm reflecting, I think like my friends that I started college with from my high school, one of them was my freshman year roommate she joined a sorority freshman year and I think we didn't live together sophomore year I feel like she might have moved into the sorority house and so a lot of that was around them my friends living at the sorority house which does make a big difference but I and we're talking about college now obviously and I will say that we are all I think in our middle adulthood so I just want it depends well Mike's (laughs) a little bit younger I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So, yeah. So middle adulthood is a shift from even young adulthood. Um, The 20s to 30 year. uh, Mm. Your early Mm. 30s still. Mm. Dr. Mike. Um, Yeah. Things shift in terms of friendships, especially with marriages, kids. um, Moving. Job stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I feel like just... I feel like we also mature at different rates because I definitely yes. have friends that I was yes. so, so close with. And then I'll like hang out now and I'm like, they're doing the stuff we used to do. And this isn't the kind of the same stuff I want to be. Do- right. Well, so proximity is one of the reasons that people in young and middle adulthood become friends. Another one is similar interests, mm-hmm. right? So it would be hard to, I mean, you might have like work acquaintances that just because of the fact that you work together, you like one thing you have in common. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, might go to like happy hour or something mm-hmm. with them every once in a while, but invent like, about the people you don't like. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly. Your bonding. That's your bonding. Right. And that's not super sustainable because if you leave that job or even if you get like promoted or changed, yeah, like now what working. do we talk about? Yeah, there's nothing left to really talk about. And so um, those friendships just tend to be like acquaintanceships. Also, acquaintanceships? Is that I like it. Acquaint- Acquaintances. Acquaintanceships? Sure. I don't know. I, I like it. This word is not happening in my it mouth. Sounds like a boat. <laughs> Welcome to the acquaintanceship. <laughs> where we all know each other, but not super well. Acquaintances. 
Yeah. Acquaintanceships. All right. And also in work situations, you might be more likely to have a hierarchical situation where someone is supervising you or under you or whatever. So that obviously leads to weird relationships. It changes as well. the dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that definitely does. Having stuff in common is really important for building a longer term friendship than just working together. Oh. And for some people, that's different things. So some people value like having the same shared music taste. I will say that in this is not a middle adulthood. This is early adulthood for me. But in college, I was I'll say I matured really late. I was very young for my grade. I graduated high school when I was 17 and I was like, I was just really immature. And so I, I don't even think I started forming like at the time I thought they were good friendships like in, in college, but I think I was really, I, I just, I'm not super good friends with a lot of people from college. And I think it's because I didn't have like a formed sense of self as much as some other people. That did. Makes sense. So I was like, the most important thing to me in college was music. And so I would like only be friends with people who liked my same type of music. And I was very picky about it. It's only ska. It wasn't ska at the time. It was, it was early emo. And I'll say that because Earl Mo. it was not like, like newfound glory or like those no, bands. Those Ugh. fucking posers. Yeah. What are you talking about? What, kind of, what kind of band are you talking about? Who's early emo? Um, Jimmy Eat World. Yeah. But early Jimmy Eat World. see i saw they were opening for weezer yeah i still have like a thing i still like a thing about it because i'm younger than you are what is early jimmy world is the the sweetness early jimmy world nothing are you listening yeah 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 yeah. that's that's early jew jew are you you okay it's jeremy eat world is jew first it's jimmy world not jeremy world (laughs) You are the biggest oh fan. Oh, my God. I don't know why I just said that. And it's that. J-E-W, too. Too. They, they say now, they're like, when you when you name your band, make sure it oh, doesn't yeah, abbreviate yeah, to a word you don't want people chanting. Because um, like, I went to a concert, and when they ended, but before their encore, people started chanting Jew. And I was like, this Ew, is a weird scene. That's awkward. I got to get out of here. Um, It was like straight edge emo, like scream, not screamo. Uh, minor threat. No, that was like 80s. But there's still a band. How old do you think I am? No, it was like. Um, Led Zeppelin, <laughs> uh, the Get Up Kids, and old honky tonk music, Field, and these, yeah, like other bands. I'm trying to think of one that's bigger now. Still, I don't know. They're not. It, none of them really held up over time. Mm. But in some, you only gravitated towards people who liked the same type of music as you. Yeah. But you were judgy against mm-hmm. people who did not. Mm-hmm. So you would have seen me as a sorority girl. Maybe, but I was super immature and I definitely cut off a lot of people, not cut off like intentionally, but definitely or physically. Yeah. Um, I think I didn't, because of that, I didn't have a lot of really good friendships because it was very much based on a surf, surface level surface thing. Level. In that same era, what were you listening to, Amanda? Uh, Your early college. Oh my gosh. Typical, basic. I still love Pearl Jam. Oh, I okay. love Pearl Jam. Like I yeah, I would talk, can I have an aside, another aside about Sh- Gary? Sure. Oh so what's Gary listening to these days? Oh gosh. Still old school country. Oh, That's good. I was raised right. Little <laughs> Waylon. No, good. I'm named after Trucks. John Williams song. Oh. Amanda. Um Oh. Oh, your your name's Amanda. 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 Look her in the eye and touch her on the thighs, Amanda. No, no, 
That's okay. Boston from the 80s. Okay. This song um, was called Amanda. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it says, Amanda, light of my life. Aww. I should have been something, a gentleman's wife. Aww. And Hank Williams um, yeah, kind of recorded it too, but I was named after the original Don Williams song. Aww. I got to see him before he passed away a couple years ago. Cool. Oh, cool. But so, no, I love Pearl Jam so much that people from high school that I barely know, some I don't even remember, came back at both reunions I went to, 10 and 20, and say, Whenever I hear Eddie Vedder or Pearl Jam, I think of you, Amanda. Like, oh, that's wow. how hardcore I was. Wow, you're yeah. going back on Super tour. Super grunge. They have a new album coming out. I know. I know. I'm, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm testing you. So, um, I love Pearl Jam. But so when their second album was coming out, I was a freshman in high school. And of course, new albums always 10? come up. No, that was our first one. That oh, was our first. Sorry. So they always came out on Tuesdays. New CDs, oh, new albums yeah. always came out on Tuesdays. So Penny Lane was kind of, is still this legend um, in the place I'm from. In fact, one of my best friends married the owner, but they were having like one of those midnight sales. So you wait till midnight so you could buy it. And of course, my dad wouldn't let me go. I couldn't even go with him. And he went by himself. This, this old white guy with white hair. Everybody thought he was a narc. He did this three different times for me Aww. until I was in college and could do it for myself. That's so sweet. I know. He waited in line. So he waited in line to get verses for you? Verses and Vitology. So I mm. guess he just did it twice unless there was maybe a Dave Matthews that came out or something mm. that I wanted. Now the truth comes out. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, I was that girl. There we go. But no, definitely Pearl Jam. But he did like he was just he is the best dad ever would do anything. Mm. Yeah, he yeah. is very sweet. Yeah. So um so yeah so in college so that's the type of music I was looking. Oh yeah, that was to. the question that Mike mm-hmm. asked you. Yeah. Um. Well, that's eclectic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I I think I kind of got on the the like later stage ska music that was right. becoming like Goldfinger and stuff like that. I'm like, what is this? I've never heard of this before. Yeah. Um, but oh, I want to skink. <laughs> Again, going back to like the fact that I was pretty emotionally immature and um, definitely had difficulties with friendships. I think it was easy for me to make friends with people who had shared interests in that respect because it was a lifestyle. It wasn't just like music because it was more straight edge and it was more like, it was just kind of similarly minded values. Yeah, like, it, like it, who, it was a full package of stuff. It was. It wasn't. I mean, it was a scene. music was like an entry point into that scene. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you. So I grew up in Southern California. It was really big. Like it was very much like an identity of who, you know, who you were and what you valued and stuff. So cool. Um, so that lasted a while and wasn't sustainable. <laughs> Weird. I know. And then, uh, and then I entered mid twenties, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Age goes that was up the every year. Those numbers again. Yeah. And that's when you matured and only became friends with people that listened to. Hmm. I don't know. Fugazi. Yeah. <laughs> One of the interesting things um, that I've experienced, and Dr. Mike has too, is that um, I guess this is an episode full of self disclosure. Oh. We've both been divorced and from each other. No, 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 We both got our practice marriages out of the way. And uh, had I had some friends that I guess weren't super sustainable because upon a like event like divorce, people tend to, I guess, really show their friendship to you, like the level of friendship that you think you have is tested. And I think this happens in 
adult relationships in term in in instances of crisis crisis crises or yeah. any sort of like adverse experience as an adult you like either your friends show up for you or mm-hmm. they don't yep yeah um, it's actually interesting with that like how with divorce you do like you have the the risk to lose friends and i feel like that's also like a thing that keeps people in relationships for too long because there's also like a lot of research in like why sometimes people keep oh, yeah, yeah, keep friendships that aren't enjoyable or fulfilling and I've, i know i've I feel like the biggest learning point that i'm also still trying to learn i guess is like i don't need to be friends with everybody but mm-hmm. i feel like early on i try to maintain all these friendships that are just like it's exhausting not rewarding mm-hmm. not fulfilling and a lot of the research just talks about how like the early stage of friendship is huge benefit like you get a lot of stuff out of it but with a lot of these bad relationships like they tend to isolate you from other people they tend to isolate you from other opportunities but then you they're also so intermixed within your life that it's like how do i cut this one person out when they know all of my friends Mm. or like they're going to all the same stuff i'm going Mm -hmm. to and it's like are you willing to eat that cost of losing that relationship it's almost like drugs right and being addicted like with alcoholics the way they Mm -hmm. you know try to go to aa but slip back into it because it defines them of course they're addicted but their whole social Mm -hmm. network yeah is um basically reflected in that like yeah in a way it's so hard to break up with friends it is it's easier with like a lover where you're like this is over this is over yeah you there's definitive yeah. you don't take a friend out to a panera and you're like listen bobby this, this <laughs> had a good that, run is that where you broke up with someone <laughs> yeah the, the panera is the my tooth with the microphone that's why we need to wash them the uh, the panera is the place to give bad news it's very public people are generally happy because of the bread bowls and you just give some hard feedback you leave so i feel like you've told me before about like friendships that are unhealthy and kind of how they last Mm -hmm. longer sometimes than they should or need to yeah you were do you want to talk about that you were comparing it to bad like unhealthy romantic relationships yeah what are you leading me talk about it about what you said that sometimes people who are in unhealthy relationships often have unhealthy friendships yeah <laughs> i don't know if there's more to say to it though okay and then never mind cut yeah. that out do you have more that you want to no, say to i thought you had an interesting point earlier but i can't really remember your point well i think the point is that like with a lot of these unhealthy friendships, they there is a purpose to them early on. And we're like, oh. as people, we're constantly weighing the benefit and the cost of something. And it is often really hard, especially if, uh, like, let's, let's say an unrelated friend is like, hey, you need to stop hanging out with that person. From their perspective, they're only seeing the there's there's no benefit from it but from your perspective it's like we have this history we have this Mm, consistency which is really valuable to people but also it's like yeah if i stop being friends with this person all these other people might not be friends with me and all Mm -hmm. it it, i will keep seeing them it's gonna be weird how do i cut this person out and so it feels very risky to break off unhealthy relationships i've definitely had that experience in my life where i was like well i guess i'll just keep being friends with this person oh yeah is it me it's Amanda. No, and I know this isn't Panera, but I have yeah. something to talk to you about. Here's so a Red Bull, you though. leveled up for Panera. <laughs> you brought me into your podcast. Uh, Here's a Red yeah. Bull. Wait, no, but I, 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 I've definitely had times where like, I will like look at the timeline of my life and be, and be like, well, like this year of college is almost done. And maybe I can just like break away over the summer. Well, one of It's the, harder now as an adult. One of the interesting things about adult friendships, this is coming from the Zimmerman article as well, is that Friendships that are long-term have a reciprocal property about them, right? So it's like, I'm here for you, you're here for me, and vice versa. And there might be times when one person is there for the other 
more, but eventually it all evens out. Where the problems lie is uh, when one person is always the kind of the the giver the giver right and so those tend to be the friendships that are not sustainable long term yeah i have an article in front of me that maybe might be a thing we can talk about as like the close to okay is this a two-parter like it might be we'll see how it cuts it might be be a longer one i didn't i just didn't know how long to to plan i'm just along for the ride usually we record for like an hour but we've already we're already at like an hour and 20 whoa whoa Whoa, dude so the new york times had this article that i loved and i printed out it was basically just like how how to make closer friendships especially like as an adult because it is a skill and so i thought for once we can actually give advice to people (laughs) over our (laughs) podcast so i thought i would just kind of go over the steps maybe you guys can just comment on if that's accurate or how you do it or any funny stories or anecdotes or jokes you can make to really liven the mood this is generally how the show goes <laughs> the five ways to make your friendships closer way one is to create a foundation of security so they talk about how we need to make ourselves more consistent more available they're a little like aside is like be sure to answer that text um but basically like work to be a more reliable and predictable person. Do you guys mm-hmm. feel like you're reliable and predictable? Well, we do live in cancel culture. Is that a thing? I think that's a <laughs> That's thing. a different mm-hmm. thing. Cancel culture is when you meet to someone and then people don't use your things anymore. Oh, it is? I yeah. thought that's when you cancel on people a lot. That's also a thing. That is way too reinforcing. Um, Amanda has the article printed out and highlighted. That is oh, amazing. It's not even the one here. Oh, it's a different it's one. It's a different New York Times article. Oh, my God. This episode brought you by New York Times Crossword app. Yeah, I love it. Oh, wait. No, it is the same one. Yes. Is it this one? How to have closer friends and why you need them? Is it this one? Nope. That one's a different one. You probably have a better one. It has a picture on it. This is the one you sent me. I know. I did. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I guess you got, he was pulling You got pranked. Ones. No, no, no. I thought it was the same one. No, that was I've the been... one that I read. Anyways. Yeah. Trying to make me look like a fool no, on your podcast. Yeah. Um, I'm, not, I'm not even recording this. This is just here to make fun of you. Oh, <laughs> There's a video somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Ashton, come on out. <laughs> Ashton. Ashton Kutcher. I know. We, we are old. Yeah. We all know that. Jamie Kennedy. She got experimented. <laughs> Wait, what was I saying? <laughs> How being reliable, answering that text, cancer culture. Cancer culture. Cancel culture. Louis C.K. Me chewing. I think that... Oh, you asked if I was reliable. I think that I'm uh, I'm fairly reliable. I would say you're reliable. Thanks. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm reliable. I do like to do a lot of self-care. I think mm-hmm. we all should yeah. and do. Yeah. But sometimes that means like backing out of plans and, mm-hmm. you know... Yeah, I have a hard time answering texts if I'm already feeling overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I'll get them and be like, fuck, this sounds like so much more. Even if they're like nothing. I just like can't bring myself to read them sometimes. Is there a parallel in the article I sent you, Amanda? <laughs> the How to make friends over 30? Putting me on this spot now. Well, let's keep going and then maybe... No, I'll- it just talked about like proximity. And we've already talked about repeated unplanned interactions and setting that encourages people to let the guard down are setting events, like good setting events mm-hmm. for that. And then it also talks a lot about, I thought this article was really heavy on marriage and family as being isolators, mm-hmm. which um, I was prepared to talk about the flip side of that. <laughs> single? Yeah, get, just single without kids. I haven't had my first trial marriage yet. Yeah. So um, We can get one quick. <laughs> I saw some dude walking up and down the street. Let's just yeah. get this over with. Yeah. yeah. So I can relate better to both of you. <laughs> well, We're so unrelatable. Um, so also in the research, they highlight that among single friends, friends and best friends were more important for emotional needs and support than among married people or people with children. 
Mm. And I can only, I mean, obviously I'm married and I can relate in terms of the children piece because I feel like when people have kids, I'm always like, oh, I'm happy for you. But then like also I'm like, oh yeah, bye. It's been nice knowing Yeah, (laughs) I think that that Facebook needs a more attuned filter because you can unfollow people, which I do sometimes. But I feel like I want to tell Facebook I want to see less of someone's baby. Mm-hmm. Like I want Facebook to be able to like, I- identify that this is a baby picture. Mm-hmm. You've already seen one this week. Mm-hmm. We're just going to filter this out. Because mm-hmm. every day sometimes I'm like, I don't want to see that baby. When I was on vacation, I was able to go to my friend from high school's home. And she we're very similar. Um, she is very extroverted, always liked a lot of friends in her life as well, but she's, she's married with two kids now. And she says she prefers to stay at home. That's her social interaction now. So she goes out every now and then, but like home is where she wants to be. And Mm -hmm. I helped her with her kids routine and everything that night. And I just said, Oh my gosh, Aubrey, we have such a different life. Like I could, I was like 20 minutes into bath time. I was like, I need a nap. Like this is (laughs) crazy. Um, So I just thought that was interesting that I would never have predicted that of her, but Mm. it's so sweet. And so her, like, it's just, she made the effort last year when she was in town, her entire family stayed with me. It was great. So I'm just talking about, even though we have very different lifestyles, very different preferences for how we choose our time, we are still making efforts to incorporate into each other's life, find out about each other, understand each other's life. I thought that was really sweet mm-hmm. of her. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know that that's super common in terms of because priorities shift and, you know, you have significantly probably, I don't know, I never had kids, less energy mm-hmm. and, you know, less ability to kind of spend that on. I had less energy being around the kids. <laughs> being around a child. <laughs> I know. I just feel exhausted around other people's kids, yeah. even though I work with kids. Yeah. So the next one is pay close attention. So it's basically just like make eye contact, identify how people are feeling. And also we tend to mirror people. So this is basically more talking about just like when you're with a friend, like try not to be distracted. Try not to be on your phone. Mm. Like Use talk, that time wisely. Use that time wisely. Talk with them. Look at them when you're talking to them. Uh, the, the things that like your grandparents keep yelling at you about. Okay. Not my grandparents. Most of them are gone. Interestingly, I have a case right now. The parent is really concerned because the kid is five and not making eye contact and not it. When, when I say that people often think like not in an autism way. Yeah. Yeah. Not in a way that is indicative of someone on the spectrum, but the mom is really concerned about the girl's long-term prospects at relationships because she doesn't make good eye contact. And she's like, I feel like people are not going to like her as much. And I was like, that's really interesting because it's true. It's insightful. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like her. Oh, I don't know about the kid. Yeah. No, I have to stand up real quick because my tailbone's bruised and it hurts really bad. Okay. I climbed a fence yesterday and I landed on my crotch. By a fence, he means like a A barrier. When I was going into the race corral, I had a, I was wearing very soft cotton gloves because it was cold and I was propping myself up and they both slipped off and I didn't want to crush my testes and so I leaned back and I landed on my tailbone. So you chose your tail, you sacrificed your tailbone over your testes. Yeah, because I can't fuck with my tailbone. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a challenge. Yeah. Okay. We'll see later. All right. Number three is let yourself be known. Mm -hmm. So basically... their whole quote is like drop the guard and be yourself. So take these healthy risks. I think I think when I was younger, I would always try to like mentally be like, 
all right, what version Aww. are these people going to like the most? And like, I'm going to like really play up this or that. And so this is more like, regardless of what they're doing, take those healthy risks to be weird. Mm-hmm. Being weird is good. Yeah. It is. Well, what's weird about you guys? But it's also like authentic, right? The more authentic yeah. you are, the more likely you are to have long term friendships. Because if you present one way and then over time you can't maintain that, yeah. people are going to be like, well, that person's not consistent. Yeah. It's, it's also talking about like being honest about the the things that you might not be proud about. And the, the example they give is you binge watch Honey Boo Boo. I don't know if that's still a show anymore. I used to love Honey Boo Boo, though. But yeah, so they're basically just saying, like, even if you like something your friends don't like, like, just be honest about right. it. Don't be like, oh, no, I, I also hate that. It's like, no, just like it. Okay. Like it. Okay. This one I really like, take your friends for a test drive. And so this is basically saying, uh, practice asking your friends for help before you need help. Oh, that's weird, though. Like, so, are you're, like, testing them out. Like, are you going to be here for me? No, it's it's basically like if you are doing a small project around the house, that it'd be easier if someone's helping, but you don't need the help. Like call and be like, "Hey, do you want to come over and like help with this?" Manipulative. Like you know, if you know you're doing it to test them out. I'm framing it as to feel comfortable asking for help later, not waiting until like small stakes. Small stakes help. Yeah. Yeah. Not like you show up one day at work and you're like, "I got divorced," just to see how they react. Yeah, like what you did. And then be like, "Just kidding." Oh yeah. Well, you failed. Yeah. Yeah. That's, don't wait for that. But like, oh, I have to do some yard work. Do you want to come over and hang out and like do yard work with me? Well, or, that's also like who wants to go watch their friend do yard work? If someone called and was like, oh, I have to like put a fence up. I'd go help them put a fence up. That'd okay. be fun. Anyone or your friends? <laughs> My friends. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And that, that's ideally a way that someone could tell if I'm not their friend. If they're like, that's hey, true. I have to put this fence up. I'm like, I'm busy. Yeah, that's true. But if it's a good friend. So I th- I like that, especially because you don't, I think, I know when I went through my divorce, there were a lot of people that did not show up afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like I just never heard from, or I would reach out to and they would never respond to. And those were people, I would admit that like, not to say I've never tested them, but like I never really asked for a whole lot beforehand. So I had no idea how they yeah, would respond. You only hope they would. Mm-hmm. And in reality, the people that were there super consistently were the people that like, in the past they had helped me move before or like mm-hmm. they have talked me down when i was trying to put something from ikea together there are people that have helped in the past and that's the best predictor of people helping in the future hmm. and so this is basically saying when you have friends feel comfortable asking for very low stake favors it's really just collecting data right yeah, yeah really so i've graphed a, a bunch it. of data for my friendship uh, on yeah my computer on spss <laughs> did a regression analysis did a regression analysis it crashed <laughs> so this is going great and the last one accept that closeness isn't one size fits all Mm. so it doesn't always look the same and also you don't have to be close with everybody no you don't that's a big thing it's huge like because that's you could never have enough energy to be close to as many people as some people think they need to be and a really big thing is not everyone needs the same number of close friends so like yeah. if you have like one really close friend and you're cool with it mm-hmm. and someone in your life's like that's not enough you need three more close friends <laughs> it's like if you're fine you're fine like don't i feel like i've definitely wasted a lot of time in my life really hammering to be closer to someone and i'm like this is a lot of energy for things that's not paying off mm-hmm. yeah. because i feel like this like my mindset up until i turned 30 was the more the better yeah. everyone needs to be my close friend this needs to be like the tv show friends we all need to live in a huge loft mm-hmm. 
I, there's a couple more points in yes. the article that I thought. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's also uh, several of the things that you both have shared, but it also talks about not being too aggressive, um, which I think is important because I've got a lot of examples of that. Yes, let's hear life. one. Well, it says, uh, you know, people can definitely get suspicious if you come on too strong when you first Love meet. me. So just the other night at Run Club, which I don't go to as often as I should, there was this one girl there and you could tell she was a little socially awkward and um, you started a conversation with me but then wouldn't leave me alone the rest of the night and I felt so bad for her but I had other friends there I wanted to talk to other people and she just kind of like followed me around like a little puppy so it said it says instead try easing into a friendship and making sure you're both comfortable read the cues people and it says continual consent (laughs) so after a few friendly quick conversations suggest meeting up for coffee lunch or quick run so maybe if I had seen this woman over time several times and remembered her name she remembered mine but it says experts believe that it takes 10 to 15 conversations before you start associating friendship with with someone so maybe that's a cue for our listeners socially awkward not that you want to count the number of time but maybe let's let's not dive into a dinner date with a friend after the first conversation that's a great point it's like real dating (laughs) it says also celebrate when you first meet somebody inquire about something good that happened to them and really talk about mm. them because it already sets them off as your kind good person that they want nice. to kind of get yeah, to know you already trick them yeah, just trick them <gasps> oh, the same thing trick them and then specifically how to make friends when you are socially awkward oh, I like that oh. I know so if you know you're socially awkward because some people don't because people frequently say you have a big personality. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. When they're you're very off-putting with your personality. Why'd you look directly at me? <laughs> it says that remember that friendship and connection takes effort, exercise, and time. So you can't go into it expecting uh, too much too quickly. And so it says for a socially awkward or very intro- introverted person, set a daily goal to meet at least five people you wouldn't normally and meeting to me sounds very threatening so i would even say just like say hi to five people yeah. if you wouldn't normally do it just but get comfortable nodding. yeah mm-hmm. something making eye contact making chit chat in the elevator getting out of your comfort zone because if yeah. you usually don't talk to anybody that you don't know tap some feet under the bathroom stall <laughs> Yeah, I like that idea of practicing social interactions because I think like going back to this whole idea that like some of this is truly a skill yeah. and some people practice more than others or have opportunities to practice more than others. I definitely it, often give the homework in therapy to like give five strangers a compliment. They're like, who? I'm like, the, the person at Publix, like mm-hmm. a random, just say you have a nice, nice hat on today, like mm-hmm. whatever. In this example, so go to the gym and you see a person wearing a concert shirt that you like. Just say, hey, I like that band too. Yeah. I've got that. Hey, and sweet then, MAGA then, hat. <laughs> I know. Next time, be like, hey, remember me? I like that hat too. Yeah. It says, over time, you'll build the confidence by putting yourself out there. As you get more comfortable using these strategies, start to use it in areas you are more frequently, like the gym, the cafeteria, at the dog park, or taking a walk in your neighborhood. So yeah, it's just practicing mm-hmm. those little things things that I think the three of us take for granted because we are extroverts and just generally friendly person. Mm -hmm. Might you call those micro skills? With macro benefits? (laughs) I don't know. Like you think of friendship overall as like a skill, skill set. These like tiny little ways to build. I did, speaking of friendships and interacting with people, I was on a run the other day and I saw a woman running 
the you know towards me okay and um looking similar looking ish kind of whatever anyways doesn't matter she held Your out plan. her hand and I, I do that too you do I i've do. never I had that happen it's oh my such gosh good she high fived me yeah that is i do that all the time a good feeling i, I, I love like, getting high five and i wanted to like turn around and follow her and be like let's be friends yep. yeah but now we have something to talk about the next time i see her uh-huh. or I, we'll be ready for it yeah and then I, you're just gonna hold hands and then hug <laughs> i was like so delighted i I, a, I love that when it doesn't happen a lot, but I just love it when, when I wave and people wave back when I run. Mm. I have a friend who runs not in this area, but like over in a different part of Florida. And she was saying that she always saw the same lady and her husband out running. And they, they weren't like always together, but they were like, she knew the husband, but not the lady. And she was like, I really want to be friends with that lady. And so I told her, I'm like, yeah, just like next time you see her, wave, high fiber, like that's a good icebreaker. And then she came back the next time. She's like, it didn't work mm-hmm. because she was running and she was like really nervous to do it. And then at the last minute, she reached out, she, go, she held high five and just slapped, slapped her in the tits. <laughs> <laughs> and then they had to like go to the husband and be like, I am so sorry. Your <laughs> wife's probably mortified. And I think now they know each other, but she That's was funny. So, so she apologized to the husband, but not the wife. Yeah, she was too mortified. <laughs> <laughs> can yeah, I, so don't. Can I qualify this? I do tees. it at Rhyme, Plag, Rhyme Club all the time, whether they're in the club or not, or if I know them. But when I'm by myself, I tend to only do it to women, mm-hmm. just to right. be safe. I, right. I just wanted to put out that. Be, be yeah. cautious. Yeah, this yeah. is a woman who high-fived me, and yeah. I was like, I like this. Yeah. I definitely I noticed this? when you and I ran together last weekend, I got more hellos and waves mm. back because i was with you because i think you lower the threat level that i give yeah, off when i'm true. running i also smile at people i do so. I smile at people i'm not <laughs> a monster he, why um, does he spit whenever he runs by me <laughs> who does you me yeah because that's what that's how camels say hello <laughs> <laughs> okay what do we have to sing Thank you for being a friend. I thought you could call it up, or is there some sort of like copyright issue? No, I'm sure there is. We We don't make money off this. I usually just drop it in at the end. Oh, it's a a post trip. Back again. I was going to bring up the song. Yeah, bring up the song, and we'll sing it with them, and then I will like, yeah, and then I'll, yeah, I'm going to do some podcast magic. I might. While you're pulling it up, Amanda, thank you so much for coming over. Oh my gosh, I had a great time. I loved this, this so was much. Such an awesome. We do, we do need to do another one just on school psychology because I, I actually that. have um, had some emails from people asking more about school. Yeah, psych. I. While you're pulling that up, t- two things. One is good news because we've been recording for like a hundred minutes now. This is definitely gonna be a two-parter. Sweet. So you're our first returning you're our guest first too. Two-parter. Yay. We did it. Yay. You just, uh, Your refractory th- period is really low small fast fast refractory it's when a when it was when a, a gentleman completes and is able to go again oh. that time the in fact between. that you haven't heard of that means that most of your <laughs> gentleman companions have very long refractory periods sometimes days or weeks at a time it's been so long i wouldn't remember <laughs> <laughs> uh but anyways while you're pulling that up we've had a lot of p 
people reaching out asking for stickers. So I better start seeing some people post pictures of you vandalizing different things in your different hometowns. We've only I, sent stickers to one fan, though. I know, but the rest are going out on Monday. Can I get a sticker? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah on course, the way out, we'll give best. you some. I so wish I would have had a set oh, of stickers last week in Colorado. Oh, there were yeah. stickers. I just wanted to be like, I just wanted to sticker oh, the shit. They're over Colorado. there. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll, get, you we'll some. get you some. Then you have to go back to Colorado. But yeah, we're, so if you reached out to us over the past week or so, we're going to mail a whole bunch out. Uh, and all we ask is we that you. We also, I will say, our stickers are great. Um, we're going to redesign them next time, though, because you can barely tell it's a podcast. Yeah. You, you can't we're more really than tell. a podcast. We're a social movement. We're, you can't really tell at all unless you get your magnifying glass out. But it's still cool to have. It draws people in. Yeah. So those are going out. Thank you. And please post some pictures online of where you've stuck them. Keep it clean because it's Facebook. Uh, or on 4chan, you can just post whatever you want. I don't know. <laughs> What's the hashtag that should be used? Oh, good point. Hashtag. Reverse Psychology Podcast. Reverse Psychology Podcast. My favorite podcast, and I stuck the sticker somewhere. <laughs> no, just hashtag Reverse Psychology Podcast. Good okay. question. I'm going to be the first one to do it. Oh, yeah. Today. Yeah. You're going to stick it out of your dog. Oh, so you're going to post a picture, and it's going to be stuck on Diana's car. <laughs> I was gonna stick it on Zeus. Oh, Zeus! Wouldn't he look cute? Oh, he look so cute. All right, guys. So, Amanda, how did it feel to be here twice? Oh my gosh! Uh, can I just move in and do this all the time? Totally. Can. can. Well, I... we need to do a credit check. Uh, a credit check? Yeah. Oh yeah, you guys are being all financially responsible. Yeah, now. our financial coach, coach said, always be checking. Always be checking. <laughs> always be checking. Always be crediting. Before the reckon. Never be chicken. All right, is that All right. it? <laughs> so I'm glad that we saved that joke to the end. Yep, good one. Amanda, thank, thank you. you. We're so excited much. for you to be our first three Pete. Oh, my already God. Already I, can't I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. All right. Bye. Bye. Well, love you. I love you. Love Bye. Urinal? I did see that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. There I feel like I love when Tampa has a lot of murals, but I feel like their threshold for what can go up is getting lower and lower. Oh, that's right. Here we go. Hold on. I'm pulling up the lyrics. Do you need the lyrics too, Diana? No, I got no, it. No, she knows that. Thought it was com- companion. This is a bit before my time. No, you're such a baby. I can sing the Family Matters theme. Okay, well, I'm not gonna do that. Okay, well, when we when we have an episode about black middle class families, we can do the Family Matters okay. theme. You ready? Mm-hmm. Three, two, one. Thank you, you for, for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Ooh, Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. And, and if you threw a party, oh, these are different lyrics. Inviting everyone you knew, you would see the biggest gift would be for me, and the card attached would say, "Thank you for being a friend." That's the best gift they can give it to card. It's the biggest gift. Yay! If it's a car you lack. I'd surely buy you a Cadillac. There's way more lyrics. Okay. Yeah, well, that's that's, that's we started, yeah. okay. Yeah. All right. We're done. Bye. Okay. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>